Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Fine Time for Healing is a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matters. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today I have with us, he's actually back again, uh, Rob Guttrow, who was with us on March 17th, talking about animals in the afterlife. Today, we're going to talk about something just as fun. Um, or interesting, I should say, we're going to be talking about ghosts of the birdcage theater on a medium's vacation. Okay, there's the book. And Rob actually went to this place and had some very interesting experiences. Um, just to remind you, Rob Guttrow is an author, paranormal investigator and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. Since he was a child, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. As a scientist, he also provides some scientific explanations about how energy is the baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entitles him to use communication. That entities use to communicate with him. <laughs> Sorry, I said that wrong. In 2005, Rob's, um, okay, so that was, we were going to talk about the puppy. Um, Rob particularly participates in private paranormal investigations, helps ghosts cross over, and has provided countless messages from people um, or pets as ghosts or spirits. He lived, or he used to live in a haunted house. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. So um, this, I don't know if you would consider this fun, but I kind of thought it was because you really interacted with several characters when you were here, right? I did. I did. Thank you for having me back, by the way. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing about being a medium is the sensitivity of people who passed that linger whenever you go anywhere. And when I first went on vacation, um, after my abilities really came out, uh, I was inundated with dead people <laughs> wanting to tell me their stories. So, so uh, Ghost of the Birdcage Theater on a Medium's Vacation is the second in the series of the On a Medium's Vacation uh, books. The first one was England, and uh, gosh, there are a lot of dead people there. <laughs> <laughs> and they all had their stories, <laughs> but... Um, the one today uh, that we're going to talk about, Birdcage Theater, um, is uh, is a place that I have really grown to know and, and to enjoy visiting. And as it turns out, you discovered when you were there that you had been there before, probably in a past life, because you were able to give directions to a place that you didn't even know it was your first time there, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So in in 1993, I saw the movie Tombstone with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. And that was about the town and the incidents that happened in the town. Um, it's located in southwestern Arizona, for those who don't know it. And in, uh, in 1877, a gentleman named Ed Shifflin was a silver miner. And he went out into the Arizona desert looking for silver. And he was told by one of the soldiers in the nearby fort that he would only find his tombstone. So when he struck silver, he called it tombstone. He 
called the Silvermine Tombstone. So the town was built up around it. And um, when I saw the film, something looked eerily familiar to me. So I became enamored with it and I became interested in Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the town. So I went to visit. And Randy, the best way to see a, an historic place is sometimes to dress up like an historic figure. And that's what I did. I know it's kind of crazy, but I was young. <laughs> um, so in 1994, when I arrived at the town, I, I managed to convince a friend of mine to dress up as Doc Holliday and I dressed up as Wyatt Earp. And as soon as we got into the town, not no long, no more than I don't know, three or four minutes from the edge of town, we were stopped by a, um, a tourist who said, "Can you tell me where the courthouse is?" And I, I just answered immediately, and I said, "Sure, it's two blocks down. Take a left, go one block, take a right, and it's on your left hand side." And my friend looked at me, and the tourist said, "Thank you," walked away. And my friend looked at me, and he said. What in the world did you just tell that guy? And I didn't know. Now this was back in the in in the nineties. This was back in ninety four. So we didn't have cell phones, really. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have maps online. We we didn't have anything. <laughs> so and, and you know the only thing you have is a is a map of the state and tombstones is a little dot. So you don't. You know, we have no idea about the layout of the town. So sure enough, my, my friend said, we better follow that guy and find out. If that, <laughs> if he sent, that, him, he sent him on a wild goose chase. <laughs> you know, and you're in a town that's famous for killing people with guns. So, <laughs> so we did. And, you know, long story short, it, it was exactly where I said it was. It's very cool. Well, now you know about why it resonated with you. Okay, so tell us about the history of the Birdcage Theater. Sure. So um, the Birdcage Theater uh, officially opened on Christmas Eve, 1881. That was about uh, a couple of years after the, the town was, was founded. Um, from 1881 to 1889, the Birdcage Theater operated continuously, about 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And the reason it closed in 1889 was that the silver mines all flooded. So all of the, the income stream for everybody was cut off. Um, and once that happened, everybody actually just got up and left. So they left the Birdcage Theater um, as it was with the 1880s furniture and, um, and other things. What's interesting about the birdcage is that it served four purposes in the 1880s. It was, a, of course, a show house where live performances happened. It was a, a saloon. In the front, they had a big bar that they actually imported from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to, uh, which was kind of a weird backstory. Um, it was also a gambling den. They had uh, gambling going on 24 hours a day, actually in the basement and also upstairs at some point. And it was actually uh, also a house of prostitution, which was legal at the time there. 
So there were four things going on there, 24 hours a day for about eight years. And that led to a lot of residual energy in there. Do you know why they named it the Birdcage Theater? Um, I think that, that, I don't know exactly why, but they used to have bird cages that hung from the ceiling and they would have performers in them. Okay, okay, so, well, that, that's probably why. Okay, so yeah. um, when you were there, well, so, so there's a, you show in your book a picture of um, Fatima who was a belly, belly dancer back then. Yes. And there's a great big portrait of her. And um, you took a picture of it and then when you took another picture where you saw a change, there was an image of a face that was superimposed over it. Tell us about that. Sure, so in 1994, when I was there the first time, um, I, uh, Fatima is a, uh, she was a famous belly dancer at the time and, and an actress and um, she performed many times at the, Birdcage Theater. She got her start there. So when she moved on and she went to San Francisco and she became famous, she had a huge painting of herself um, shipped to the Birdcage Theater as a big thank you. And it hangs in the lobby even today. And by the way, in, in that painting, you, you will see a, a couple of knife scars and you'll see a couple of bullet holes. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of crazy, but in, so in 1994, um, I, uh, I, I said, I, I said hello to the, the, the guy that manages his, his name is Billy Hunley. Um, and, and when I came into the birdcage dressed up as Wyatt Earp and my friend is Doc Holliday, Billy said to us, where are you guys from? And I told him we were from Maryland. And he said, I have got to know you guys because I can't imagine how two Yankees are have come into the birthday theater dressed up. So I've had a friendship with him ever since. So I had him stand in front of the the painting of Fatima, which is probably I I'm I have I'm guessing about 14 feet high. It's some I can't remember exactly. It's huge. Um so when I took the picture, I didn't think anything of it. Now, remember back in 1994, we didn't have digital cameras. We had eight millimeter film. So when I um, had it developed, I looked at the painting and there was what looked like the face of a man with a mustache and a beard right in the center of the painting. And I thought that is, that's kind of weird. It's, I'm probably just imagining it. So I mailed a copy, snail mail, <laughs> To, to Billy out in, in Arizona. And he called me when he got it. And he said, Rob, um, take a look at that picture again, because that is the face of the actor that I see crossing the stage at night when I close up. So when I went back in 2019, it, my, which is what the, the book is based on, all my encounters that happened then after I had my abilities, and I took a picture of it, and there was no face in the in the painting. And I have both of them in the book for people who want to see the difference. Right. But uh, That's so so cool. So you could you could see it clearly. Mm -hmm. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's black and white and it's fuzzy. But like when you ex 
explained that it was a man with a mustache, I was able to first I could see the face, I could definitely mm -hmm. see the face. And then um, when I started to look closer, I could see the way that you had described the picture. And I would show it to everybody, but I don't think it's going to translate very well on screen. So um, anybody that wants to see it should pick up a copy. It's, it's a quick read. Quick, quick read. Um, but that is just very interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, and there was it, there was no flash used with that camera, by the way, because it was daylight outside, <clears throat> and there were big picture windows uh, going into the birdcage. So there was I'm no. Flash. Show everybody how you dressed up. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> and that's me on the cover, by the way. That is me there on the is cover. There Rob. Okay. From 1994, okay. when I was a lot younger. Looks good. <laughs> Looks good. All right. Um, oh. You had an in, an encounter with somebody who was shot in the throat, mm. and you felt it. I did. Um, that must have been it, awful. Uh, it was sh shocking, and and it was physically debilitating, at least for a couple of minutes. Um, so just to just to let you know, just to back up a little bit, there, there were a whole bunch of different types of people that were there. There were actors, there were drinkers, there were gamblers, there were prostitutes, and there were minors. Those are the kinds of people that I ran into. And, and they shared their pain of violent death, including that guy that got shot in the throat. Um, so in, in there were, just for general reference, there were 26 murders in the course of eight years in that Birdcage Theater. 26 people died in that theater. And there were 140 bullet holes in the walls and the paintings of that place. So if you go in, you can take a tour during the day and you can see all the 1880s furniture and the gambling tables and the, and the curtain that actually still hangs there from 1881, 1889. Um, so, um, the the gentleman who shot me in the throat <laughs> sometimes ghosts will communicate the, their identity by making me feel the physical pain of how they died and the same thing happens with pets when we talked about pets too pets will convey that too um and i certainly did not even think about this when i walked in the birdcage theater in 2019 so I, I did go on, um, I convinced a friend of mine who had never had a paranormal experience to go on the trip with me. Um, I went out to see him and he lives in Phoenix. And I said, Dan, we should, we should go down a tombstone and we should go take the ghost tour that they're offering now because they weren't offering it before. And, and he said, okay. And he said, I don't know what to believe in the paranormal, but long story short, he saw two ghosts and he photographed one of them that's in the book. Um, so when we walked into the Birdcage Theater and um, and we walked into the back part of the theater, which is that opened up to where the curtain is, suddenly <clears throat> I felt a bullet go right through my throat. And I was thrust against the wall. And now I was at the back of the, the group, the tour group, and... Dan was in front of me. I was the last one to come in. And the leader was up, up front. And I couldn't speak for probably two or three minutes. 
and I felt the blood coming, rushing out of my throat. Um, I also tasted the coppery taste of blood. You know how blood tastes coppery? I could actually taste that. And that was really, that was unnerving to me because I had never tasted that before from a ghost. So Dan turned around and he, he, he wondered where I was and he came over and he said, what's going on with you? And, and I pointed to my throat and I tried to motion, motion to him that I couldn't talk. And he said, he said, is it a ghost? And I just nodded. So the tour guide saw what was going on, came over to me, and finally I was able to speak. And she she said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm a medium, and there's a guy that was shot here, and he was shot in the throat. And he gave me his name, and he told me that he was uh, he was gambling right there at a table and he was cheating. He cheated the cards. He got up to run. They turned around. He turned around and they shot him in the throat and he died right there. And Randy, the interesting thing is that number one, I got his name, but, and why he's in the birdcage, but the tour guide confirmed everything that I got. She said, there was indeed a man who was shot in the throat. We have it, it's recorded on paper that he died right there. Crazy. So you asked him to please stop torturing you, right? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> there's a, there's a follow-up that's not in the book <clears throat> because in 2022, I went back to do a book signing for about four days. And of course I walked in the back and sure enough, he shot me in the throat again. Oh God. <laughs> and I was, I, I was, you know, gagging and tasting blood again. And I just thought, okay, all right, man, <laughs> you just cut it out. Um, so what I decided to do when I was there doing a book signing for four days, I thought, you know what, maybe I should do some short videos. Uh, uh, and go around the inside of the Birdcage Theater and just do a little blurb about, you know, which ghosts I met in this particular spot and why they're here and who they are. So I stood outside of the Birdcage first and I I was videoing myself and I, I said, um, I'm going to the Birdcage Theater um, I, I, where I met 11 ghosts in 2019 um, and I will you know, go from place to place. I went, so, and that video was fine. The audio was fine, everything was fine. I went into the birdcage and I encountered Jerome again, that's his name. And after I passed the pain, I said to him, I'm going to just be walking around in here. I'm not going to bother you. <clears throat> you, you are fine. Just stay where you are if you can. I said, please just leave me alone. I'm just going to use this device to take pictures because he wouldn't understand what a cell phone is. <laughs> um, well, Randy, I, I was in there probably a half an hour going to probably about 11, the 11 different spots. I came out and I shot a video to conclude outside. That video was fine with audio, but all the video I shot within had a high pitched tone Jerome did not want to take orders from me, and he was so angry with me that he uh, destroyed the audio. He made it squeal. 
Wow. So you can see those on my, my YouTube page. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. Mm. So why do you, we're going to talk about some more ghosts, but why are they hanging around? So in, in, the, in the case of these birdcage ghosts, um, the ones, most of the ones that, that hung around there were murdered there. So when they were murdered, they awakened as energy with their memories and their personality. And usually when someone is murdered, they're confused when they awaken as energy because it's, murder can be so sudden. And that's exactly what happened to him. He wound up lingering too long trying to figure out what had happened. And I, although I'm a medium, I don't know how long really it is time-wise that, um, that people have to linger before they get stuck, but that's what happened to him. Um, so others stayed because they were performers there. They were ladies of the evening there. Uh, they were miners that used to, to gamble there and go there for entertainment, and they loved the, uh, the theater. So everybody had a different reason. Well, did he, did you even attempt to help him cross over or he was just too angry? He was uh, just a really bad guy. <laughs> and the only thing he wanted to do was to continue to hurt me every time I came near him. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I, after after the uh, after that initial session when I, I went to video those places, I came back again into the back, and I was with Billy and his wife, the the manager, um, and they wanted to show me something in the back, and I I came in and I didn't even I wasn't even thinking of him, and I'll be darned if he didn't do it again. <laughs> and I said, you know what? You are a nasty guy. Wow. <laughs> he was so happy to inflict pain on someone. Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, you trapped 150 years in the same place, you, you know, wow. and you're a but, bad guy. You're right. Of, but all ghosts aren't angry like that, are they? No, not at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you figure, though, he was cheating at cards, which got him killed. So, right. So he know, was just, just a bad dude. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it's amazing. What exactly, how, how do you describe a ghost? What is a ghost? So a ghost is um, the energy that, uh, that, that is a remainder of our, our physical life, coupled with memories, personality, and the knowledge of this life we live. But they choose to stay earthbound in a fixed location, either where they lived, where they died, um, a place that they enjoyed, um, some some physical connection. So for instance, if a ghost was born in Chicago and never left Chicago, he, he or she would never be haunting the Birdcage Theater. It has to be a place that they're familiar with in life. Um, a spirit is one, and most people become spirits, are the ones that, that as that energy, they cross over into the light, the other side, heaven, paradise, whatever. So. Um, in the case of these birdcage theater ghosts, many of them died here in the theater. That's amazing. Um, so who else did you encounter? And how, describe some of these other encounters. Okay. Um, so um, 
<clears throat> so they were actors, they were drinkers, they were more other gamblers, there were prostitutes, and there were minors, and they were just cowboys. Um, so uh, in the basement of the Birdcage Theater, it's uh, it, it's set up for gambling. That that was where all the gambling happened, and it's also the site of the longest poker game. Um, I think I mentioned this in the book too. Mm -hmm. that, um, yes. So this they they played poker twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, for eight years, five months, and three days. Wow. <laughs> and what they would do is when somebody had to get up and go to the bathroom, or they wanted something to eat. They would uh, they would get up and they would either tip their chair or there was somebody waiting in the wings to come in and take their place. And I also found out that from the the, the folks that are managing the tours that it costs about I think a thousand dollars just to sit down. <laughs> so back then, yeah, back then, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> back then it's, it's a lot of money, money today. it's like a million dollars to us now it's a lot of money yeah, yeah. okay crazy um <laughs> so in that same area so a one half of the room is all of these tables and gambling tables and and when the birdcage closed by the way they were they left everything they were playing cards they were poker chips everything was just they on just those tables got up and went yeah, and you can see them today if you if you go out there and you take a tour. Um, and facing that on the other side of the room are what's called these cribs. They're about four or five rooms with doors on the other side, a basement um, where the ladies of the evening would take their their uh, customers, if you would. Um, so there's a lot of activity down there. Um, one of the things that's not in the book, because this happened in 2022, when I came back, um, was that another gambler from that particular room let me know that he was also killed down there. And how it happened was um, I was... I was going through the, the birdcage with Billy and his wife, Amy, and... Um, and Dan, um, my friend Dan, we came back in the daytime after we had done the ghost tour. Um, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm mixing my years. So in 2022, when I was doing the book tour, the book signing, um, Billy and Amy took me back downstairs, and I, I was near one of the cribs. And near one of the cribs, there was also an exit door. And right there, I was standing looking at the crib, and suddenly I felt a bullet go through my lower back. And I was thrust against the wall. And all I said was, <laughs> uh, damn, that, that really hurt. <laughs> and so so Billy's wife, Amy, came over to me and she said, are you okay? What happened? And, and I said, oh, somebody just got shot in the back. Right? <laughs> um, and, and then I, I heard the ghost tell me his story. He was in that area that gambling area he also cheated at cards he got up to run out the back door and they shot him in the back oh my gosh. and he he hit the wall and he died right there so and that was also confirmed um 
I can't yeah. believe you kept going back. This is a painful experience for you. <laughs> it is, but the, all of these ghosts want to share their story. Um, they they want to let us know that they're still there, and um, they they want to let people know who they are. So, I guess uh, you know, feeling some of their pain is some of the price I pay for sharing this story. Wasn't there um one of the one of the prostitutes? Didn't you connect with one one of the women? Yeah, there were there were actually several of them. Um, there was a um, there was a woman in white that appeared backstage. Um, there was one in the lobby, um, and I can tell you another one that's also not in the book, so that it inspires people to read the book for the other things. Um, so in um, yeah, in what was it, 2022? Um, yeah, in 2022, when I came back for the book signing, I did I did another ghost tour. And two friends of mine from California who had never had experiences either came out to join me. They wanted to come to the, the, the book signing and so forth. So we did the ghost tour. And when we were all sitting there in the dark, what they do is what they used to do in 2019 was they would sit you at tables behind the curtain, behind the stage curtain, and then turn off all the lights. And then you could ask questions. Um, and they give people K2 meters. A K2 meter measures an electromagnetic field. And because ghosts are energy, that K2 meter can pin, if you will, into the red, reading that there's a high magnetic field there. So and that happened a couple of times when we were in, in 2019 backstage. In 2022, they sat us out in front of the stage area. And I was sitting, <laughs> um, facing other people on the other side. And we were asking questions. And there was um, there was a woman that I sensed behind me. And I had to look to, to make sure it was not a living woman, <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> and she brushed my hair, and and she told me her name was Delilah. And um, <laughs> and as it turned out, there was a lady of the evening with that name who used to like to brush men's hair. Um, so that was interesting. So that was Delilah. Delilah was flirting with you. She was. She was kind of barking up the wrong tree, but she was <laughs> flirting with me. Um, and there was another one that I also did not uh, put in the book because it came out. I had an encounter in 2022. So, so I'm, I'm telling you these so that um, I'm not spoiling everything in the book, but gotcha. but telling. Uh, telling you what kinds of things I encountered. So okay. that's good. Good idea. Yeah. Um, so Billy said that that in his office, um, he has encountered um, a female ghost quite a few times. So he's been he's been managing this since the early 90s. And, you know, here it is 2023. So that's like 30, 35, 34 years um, that he's been managing this, uh, the birdcage. So Right off the bar area, as you walk into the lobby, there is a little door. And if you go in that door, it's not open to the public. That's where the offices are. And they have cameras up in there and all kinds of things in there. Um, and his desk. 
with his computer. And he said quite a few times he would be there alone and working on his computer and he would smell the scent of perfume mixed with body odor. And so, uh, and he said it always, it, so he always, he knew it was a woman and he knew it was a, a lady of the evening. Um, and this was not a door that was really used very much during the birdcage when it was in operation. I think also that was where that little room was where the managers or whatever were. Um, so when I went in there, I got I got a uh, a strong headache, and I usually get headaches in the presence of a ghost or a spirit because their energy. And they overload the energy in my my brain, and I get a headache always in the back of my head. So when we walked in there, suddenly got a headache, um, and there was a woman standing next to me. Um, I, by the way, I learned that story from Billy after I told him that a woman had walked in, <laughs> and he said, "Oh yeah, when I'm at the computer, uh, you know, I, I've always smelled a woman's perfume and so forth." So. Um, so she was there and she told me the reason why she goes, she, we used to go in that room because Billy wanted to know why, why one of the ladies of the evening would be in there. And she told me that, um, there was one particular client that she had that she did not like at all, but she was, you know, trying to earn a living and sometimes she would run and hide from him and let him go to somebody else. And she would go in there, in that particular room. And that's why she kept showing up there. Now, when you see them, are they transparent or opaque or what, how do they appear to you? They appear in my head, actually. <laughs> okay. So I see their images in my head and and um, then I try to sketch them out. So, so in the book, that's why I have several sketches of, of the different ghosts, like the, like Jerome who got shot in the throat, or um, the woman in white who is backstage, um, and a couple of others. Yeah. I, you know, I had heard, and you can tell me if this is wrong. Since you see them in your head, I don't know if you have the answer to this, but I, I hear that heard that um, that ghosts don't really walk on the ground that they're usually about three feet above the ground is this true yeah i found that um they they can walk any which way they they want um sometimes people will say that they will see somebody from the knees up on the floor level <laughs> or they will see them three or four feet up or so and that's because they they really because they're their energy they don't need to adhere to the rules of physical um physical stuff. Um, that's also why when houses are renovated, they may see, you may see, a, if you see a ghost, it may walk through a wall because there may have been a door there hmm. when they were alive. Um, so yeah, they, they really don't, you know, they try, <laughs> but it's not something they really need to rely on is the, the physical contact. Do we need to be afraid of them? If you're not a medium, you likely will not feel their pain of death. So 
I wouldn't, I really wouldn't worry about it. Um, they really can't do anything to you. Um, it, because it requires a lot of energy to do anything, whether they, they speak or whether you see a shadow figure, um, or if they touch you, if they're able to touch you. Um, so no, I, there's really nothing to be afraid of. I mean, it, it will, it will startle you, <laughs> you know, if you're in the dark and there's nobody behind you and somebody touches you or brushes your hair. Like, <laughs> like to they could trip you. They could trip you or something like that, couldn't they? Or if they really wanted to be mischievous, mischief. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess they could. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, they could push something down so that you could you could trip over it um, right. in the dark. But it hasn't. You know, all the investigations I've been on for the last 13, 14 years, not nothing like that has happened. Fortunately. Right. Um, I think I told you. Um, the last time we talked that I had, there was a, there was a spirit in, um, in my business where I was last time. And it was, it was a bad guy and mm -hmm. he was scratching people. Yeah. They can people do were getting people. like bloody scratches up their arms, their back, things like that. We had to get them out of there. Yeah, that's true. They can do that. I actually have been scratched too. You have? On my back. Yeah. yeah. He appeared as a black shadow like a tall black shadow, um, nobody really saw him. And it wasn't until I brought in a paranormal team that we were able to figure out what was going on and they were able to get him out. They moved him out because he was having a great time hurting people. <laughs> um, not a nice guy. Uh, no, he was not a nice guy. And he just, he was enjoying himself. Um, when we see someone who has crossed over or as a medium when you see someone who has crossed over do they appear to you different than a ghost would appear to you um they usually appear to me at the time of their life that they were most happy so they will often appear younger um i know when i've seen my dad he always appears to be in his 30s mm -hmm. my dad died at 79 um so yeah, so spirits usually appear younger. Ghosts will appear often at the age in which they died, um, just because they're that's that's the way they were. Um, it, it's different in spirit because in spirit they have a lot more ability to manipulate things than than ghosts seem to have. Um, the other uh, the other thing that's interesting that you mentioned about being the shadow figure. That, that's something that I explain in my books because of energy, because when ghosts don't have enough energy, um, they appear as shadow figures. When they do have enough energy, they can appear in full color. So, uh, and they draw energy from heat, light, water, and electricity, or they, or ghosts draw energy from uh, fear, anxiety, depression, and anger. So, on those ghost tours in the birdcage, there were a lot of people who are anxious <laughs> and, and they were fueling those ghosts. Um, but uh, it, 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 one of the, uh, so my friend, by the way, my friend Dan, who saw two ghosts when, when he was there and is now a believer, incidentally, um, saw one gentleman who we were, when we were all seated and we could see the, the red exit sign in the other, um, in the other room, just kind of casting a very faint shadow. 
he saw a man in a cowboy hat at the doorway. And there was only, in our group, there was only one man that night that was wearing a cowboy hat. But he said, do you, he, he looked at me and he said, do you, do you uh, see that guy in the cowboy hat in the doorway? And, and I looked and I actually saw him. And, and he said, there was only one guy in our group with a cowboy hat. He said, but he's sitting across from us. So he said, who's that? <laughs> did he and he did he appear to be solid like everybody else he did wow yeah. i mean granted the, the light was very low and it was like red from the other from the exit side from the other way but he did appear solid and he's one of the guys that i sketched in that book so so um, cool and then there's somebody you saw somebody walking across the stage was that did you tell us that something different did you already tell us that story um, I mentioned it be in, in, in pertaining to the uh, the painting of Fatima. That that ghost that crosses that stage at night is a, presumably one of the uh, performers, one of the actors um, that used to perform there all the time. I think it was Eddie Foy. Mm -hmm. um, so it must be a very frustrating experience for a ghost to not be able to be there but to not be able to have the same experience so isn't it a very lonely and frustrating um, existence yeah it it is and it's really i mean i liken being an earthbound ghost as like being in hell like being in a, an isolation prison mm -hmm. because the only time they can really be interacting with people is number one if they're fortunate enough that someone's sensitive that walks in and and most people are not um and number two you can't communicate with other ghosts in there they can't seem to for some reason they can't seem to interact unless the other ghost had um had known them or lived at the same time period or something like that um but yeah, the, and what what's interesting too, Randy, is that even though they died in the 1880s, they do see the living people that come in, and they've seen people, they've seen the way the people dress change over the last 140 years. Um, so they know time has progressed, but for them, there's no concept of time because they're just energy. Um, they will always be stuck in the 1880s frame of mind. It sounds very sad. It is. It is very sad. And and as a paranormal investigator, that's why I always try to cross them over. Um, but the one thing is that we have to remember is because they have their own personalities, the the bad ones, like the ones that, that you encountered, um, and the stubborn ones may not want to cross over. So you can't, it's like my mother used to say, you can only help people who want to be helped, you know. And the same applies to ghosts. Yeah. 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 Why are so people so afraid of ghosts? I think just because they don't understand what happens. And, um, and that, that's really why I write, I write all these books is to try and teach people what happens after we pass and, what the difference is between a ghost who's earthbound and a spirit who crosses over. And that really, they're only people or or animals um, that decide to stay behind. 
So, and as such, we we should treat them respectfully, just like we meet somebody, you know, living. You know, I I don't like these paranormal programs that go in and try to provoke these ghosts and insult them and, and say mean things to them to get them to do something. I would never do that in front of somebody. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine that would go well. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so they can really, so they can appear as shadows, they can appear solid, they can appear, uh, and, and somebody, the person who saw the solid guy mm -hmm. with the cowboy hat, um, was, did he, was he a sensitive or he just saw it? No, that was my friend, Dan, and he had never he had a paranormal experience before. And so he actually asked me to look. He said, do you see that guy? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that I, is I just so that. interesting. And then the guy faded right there. And then the he door. just. Yep. Faded in the doorway. Um, so um, how many places like this have you visited? Well, the birdcage is probably the most haunted place in Tombstone. Um, but I have, everywhere I go, usually, historic places, there may be somebody left behind. So the chances are probably like between 60 and 70% chance that somebody's behind. Um, it doesn't mean that every place is haunted, certainly, but um, but like England, uh, you know, we just saw the coronation of King Charles III and Westminster Abbey, where he was coronated, um, when he was where he was crowned, uh, is extraordinarily haunted. And really? I have a lot of encounters in Westminster Abbey. Um, yeah, so. It, it you know it depends on um, where you go and what happened at the times and and if there were any uh, deaths in there or if somebody was very fond of a place anything is possible and sometimes they're afraid to go because of mm -hmm. what they've done right yeah yeah they we have a kind of a life review like an instantaneous life review after we pass and and we remember all the good memories and all the bad memories and it I mean it's something that we can't really conceive here in the physical but everything comes flooding back and then we realize what we may have done wrong with people um and and for those people who are like very you know religious they may think oh gosh i really hurt this person so i can't cross over or i will go to a bad place but truthfully there really isn't a bad place unless you decide to be a ghost it's all love and peace and forgiveness on the other side. And you lived in a haunted house. What was that like? <laughs> and how long were you there? Uh, too long. Um, <laughs> that um, that actually happened before my abilities uh, came back and came out, really. Um, while my abilities were dormant. That was back in 1997. Um, I went back to school for another degree in meteorology, and I was living in a, uh, I rented a room out of a two-bedroom house, and the other guy that was living there was a student also, and his parents had bought him this house. It was built in the, uh, built in the mid to early, early to mid-1800s. So it was there during the Civil War time. And um, so I rented this room, and uh, 
long story short, uh, before he moved in, for three weeks in a row at 2.30 in the morning, there was a pounding at the back door, pounding with a heavy fist, um, like a big man was pounding it. He had a, a um, motion light installed in the back that I didn't know about, but it didn't go on when the pounding was happening. Wow. It was not until I got up every every one of those Tuesday mornings, I went in the kitchen, turned on the light, and the pounding stopped. And then when he moved in, it happened again on the first Tuesday at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> and I bumped into him in the hallway, and he was shaking. And I said, um, what's going on? <laughs> I said, is, is this the reason why your previous roommate moved out? <laughs> and he said, yes. Um, so uh, I when so I, I again turned on the light. Uh, and when I was home alone during the week, one week after that incident with both of us, I thought the ghost was outside. But when I went in the kitchen, when I went back in the kitchen to get soup that I was heating, all of the cabinets were wide open by themselves. And then I thought, okay, that ghost is inside. <laughs> I was not, I was, uh, I was a little unnerved by that. But I asked him to go on. I asked him to cross over and, and move on. And, and even then, I knew enough to direct him to like a funeral home. Um, or a cemetery hmm. where people sometimes will go to their own services and, and then the light will cross over. Will oh, open really? Over. Yeah. So if they go there, they may be able to sort of piggyback off of somebody that's going? Yeah, yeah. And and, and I only know that because when my dad passed in 2008, um, he stayed around long enough and he followed us to the, um, he followed us to the cemetery. And then I, I actually saw the light open physically the only time i physically saw the light streaming from one side and i watched him walk into it and and his parents and my mother's parents and all of my dogs were lined up waiting for him and it was and you saw that i did and it was chilling but um i even told my sister i was sitting in i remember sitting in uh in at my my dad's service there at the at the at the cemetery um you know they put little chairs up for the for the family and they just do a quick brief you know last minute blessing kind of thing and i saw light burst through the clouds this was in new england in august and it was overcast and i said to my sister in law wow that sun is really bright and she said what are you talking about <laughs> and that's when i looked over and I saw the light and I saw my dad walk toward it. Um, so, yeah. So that's in my Ghosts and Spirits Explain book, how my dad helped prove to my own family that he was at his own funeral and his own wake. Yeah, they say that they're, they mostly will attend their funerals or that they're there. We do. We want to see who comes. <laughs> <laughs> so the curiosity doesn't leave. And the no. personality stays with them, right? When they're spirits? They do. And so I can, yeah, I, I don't know how we are for time, but I can end this on a really funny note. Okay, yes, let's do that. So my mom, when my mom passed in 2013, my mom was always very, 
she was very, very conscious about the way she looked. She was always, her hair was always made up correctly. She was always wearing makeup. Um, she wore heels until the day she died when she was 85. <laughs> and um, when she passed, <clears throat> we, we went to the wake and um, my husband was sitting sitting down and I went up to the, the casket um, and <clears throat> I was talking to my mom because I knew she was there. I could, I could sense her. And she suddenly said to me, can you um, can you go get an eyebrow pencil and darken my eyebrows? <laughs> and and I just I, I you know I just laugh like that. I'm like I'm not doing that. So my husband came up to me and he goes, "Is your mother here? <laughs> what does she want you to do?" And I told him, and he said, "You are not touching her." <laughs> so she wanted you to go over to the body. And darken the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. She said, that she, is so funny. She said they didn't do it right. And I'm like, well, mom, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> wow. So for you, death is is really not, it's just a transition. Do you connect with your loved ones quite often or do they come to you on a regular basis? Uh, they come every now and then. Um, you, you know, um, you may find that you're, that a friend or a partner or somebody will say something that that your mother or father or whatever used to say that happens all the time really husband yeah he he's, all, he's always saying something my mother would say out of the blue and I'm like will you stop channeling my mother <laughs> oh that's so funny so yeah that's how you know they're around right so we all have the ability we're just not aware yeah we just have to pay attention right well, this was so much fun. Thank you. These are great oh. stories. You know, I, I mean, there there could be people who are watching this who are totally freaked out by it. Uh, to me, it's just entertainment. I, I think it's fabulous, um, you know, but I have no fear of death because I have strong beliefs in the fact that we don't we don't die. So, yeah. um, but I wouldn't want to be a ghost. No, me neither. But I could see, you know, have you ever seen anybody stick around because of ego, because their ego is so strong, they just didn't want to leave their environment? Yeah, yeah, there have been a few of them. And those are the ones that stay, that, that won't cross over either. Mm -hmm, that's what I so, mean. You know, um, kind of a ghostly karma, if you will, that, you know, they're, they're so wrapped up in themselves that they don't know they won't listen to anybody to know that they're they committed themselves to a life of eternal hell, if you will. So, yeah, interesting. Well, I, sus I, sus yeah, I suspect somebody will be doing that <laughs> when they pass. <laughs> anyway, it's great to see you. Thank you so you much. Yeah. Oh. So let, let us know when um, if you have anything else coming up, because this is always fun. And I know sure. people love the animal show. People really like that. Oh, great. Awesome. Well, okay. they, there's nothing like the love of, uh, of a pet. Mm -hmm. So um, I am writing my next book. Actually, it's the third in the series of On a Medium's Vacation. It's Ghosts of Ireland and Scotland. Oh. I went there and there are a lot of dead people that want to talk to me there too. Um, so let me know or tell Michelle to let me know. 
I will. And then we'll come, we'll have you come back and talk about what you experienced there. That'd, That'd be fun. great. Okay. Okay, Rob, have a great day. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.